This is the Ukramedia Podcast with Vladimir Proknevsky, episode number 65. Hello, Ukramedia family. Vladimir Proknevsky here, and welcome to episode number 65 of the Ukramedia Podcast, where I serve our Ukramedia family with daily, that's right, daily interviews from highly creative people. And today's guest is Greg Stewart. He's an art director and animator at Ordinary Folk. But before I play my interview with Greg, I want to quickly tell you about actionvfx.com. They provide the best stock footage elements for professional visual effects from explosions, fire and smoke, muzzle flashes and bullet shells and gun effects to debris and particles. They have your assets covered. Available in 4K, 100% royalty free. They also have over 250 free VFX elements for you to download. Stuff like free fire sound effects, spell hits, bullet shells, blood mist, bullet hole textures, dust waves, water sound effects, explosion sound, and the list goes on and on. Not only that, but they also have lots of tutorials and blogs for you to check out. It really is a great online resource that you absolutely have to check out. So go to actionvfx.com. Again, go to actionvfx.com. And now here's my conversation with Greg Stewart. Enjoy. Greg, welcome to the show and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Yeah, um, thanks so much for having me on. It's a, it's a real honor to, to be on here. Um, yeah, I think one kind of fun fact is Greg is actually my second middle name. What? Not What's a ton of name? people. <laughs> uh, so my full name is John David Gregory Stewart. Uh, John you is. You have many names. I know. Wow. It's, I feel like I need an Esquire or like a, <laughs> the third or the fourth after all that. <laughs> yeah, John is the name of both my grandfathers and my dad's name is David. And apparently shortly after I was born... The decision so was why made, Greg? I would go by Greg. I don't know. It's it's not a family name. I think my parents just liked it. And um, how come you decided yeah. to go with Greg instead of uh, John? I don't. I mean, it was just kind of what I was always called as a kid, and like my parents called me that, my siblings called me that, and <laughs> yeah, like first day of classes and always in school was always really kind of fun because people would be like, "Oh, is it John Stewart?" And like, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, That's pretty so, cool, man. Yeah, it's kind of. Kind of interesting. You have <laughs> many names, man. It's uh, it's like from the Bible, man. God has many. Names. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. Greg is actually, I think, the only like not biblical one. My my mother's name is Elizabeth, though. So the whole like Elizabeth John, it's kind of kind of interesting and has actually been kind of significant for me. But yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, my full name yeah. is like Vladimir Viktorovich Proknevsky. So man, I'll I'll take Greg any day yeah, or man. any kind of short name, man. That's I'm sure very few people misspell your name, which, well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure somebody does, but it's- You'd be it's, surprised. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people like to throw an extra G or two at the end or- uh, Yeah. And there's always that foreigner, foreigner who misspells it, you know, somebody like Vladimir, like me, who I'm terrible at spelling people's names. Somebody would be like, oh yeah, my name is, and just start like, you know, waiting yeah. for me to spell it. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I know it's Bob, but dude, I live in America long enough. It could be Bob spelled a million different ways, man. I know yeah. better. No, you'd be, you'd be surprised. There's been like a couple <laughs> emails floating around where people refer to me as like Jeff. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's been kind of a, yeah, it, people, people misspell things. It's fine. Well, I'll, I'll make sure to spell it perfectly, Greg. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put all of your names, list them all. Well, yeah. let's start from the very beginning, man. How did you yeah. get started in your craft, man? Walk us through it. Yeah, honestly, it's kind of a, I mean, as a kid, I, I never really considered myself like artistic. I was into playing Legos, but it was always like what I enjoyed was taking stuff apart and like, 
figuring out how to build my own things. And so I think I can I can see threads in in what I do now that is um, like similar to that. But I actually went to school for a theology major. I was hoping to go into ministry or, or counseling or like being a, a therapist of some really? sort. Really? Wow. Um, yeah, I kind of a people person. I always kind of had a, a bent towards like wanting to sit with people and empathize and kind of chat through things and help them figure out stuff. And there's definitely a lot of that sometimes in working with clients. Feeling like doing <laughs> You're well <therapy>. prepared. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, about halfway through college, I, I'd seen a, a video, just like a missionary video, and it wasn't particularly well done, but it, it was really compelling. And it was something that made me really rethink what I was doing with my life and consider what I was doing after college. And I think as I was kind of questioning whether or not I wanted to go on to more school, that experience has really sat with me of um, if I, if people make, make media and videos or whatever it is that, that is really well done, you can really challenge how people think. And mm. um, I think I just saw a lot of opportunity there to be a voice for good things in a, a world that's full of messages that are sometimes not positive or not encouraging or not uplifting. And obviously there's some deeply kind of religious things about that for me, but it's not necessarily like a hundred percent. I just want to go out into the world and, and make videos about being a missionary or anything. But so I think there was that kind of bent and then just like being a nerd and really loving <laughs> making stuff and like getting into the technicality and learning like motion tracking and all that kind of good jazz. So I was um, just interning with a college ministry, doing all the videos and was really enjoying like being able to marry the technical details of, oh, I shoot this this way that might get people to feel this way. And I can inspire people to think about like, oh, how, where am I spending my, my time next year on campus? Or how am I getting, uh, impacting the lives of others? And yeah, after college, managed to land a part-time job doing some film and, and motion stuff and really quickly got hooked on motion. I think partially just like a control thing. Some people aren't great interviewing on camera and you can't really <laughs> fix that in post <laughs> and being a perfectionist. <laughs> I kind of found that frustrating, but with like animation, you can, you like the world is your oyster and you can do whatever. And it's kind of all kind of, all kind of That's in your control. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was there for a couple of years and worked at a, an agency called Open Book as a motion designer for a couple of years. Went freelance last year and kind of unexpectedly ended up <clears throat> connecting with Jorge as he was launching Ordinary Folk. And uh, he invited me to be a part of that. And I said, yes. And here I am. Man, that is awesome. You're working with a legend. And I mean, both of you guys are just talented, talented guys. And what a great combination oh, working you, yeah. together. I'm sure every day is just probably like a dream come true. Like, wow, I get to work with these talented people. That's pretty yeah, sweet, man. Like Jorge and Victor are just, I have so much respect for those guys as artists, as people. And I, I'm really, really thankful to be working with them. It's a, it's a huge privilege. And Jorge was on the podcast as well, episode 60, for those of you who want to know. So you can go back and re-listen to that interview. It was pretty cool. Now, Greg, let's transition to a dark moment in your life, man. I want you to tell us the story of the worst moment in your creative journey. So take it away, man. Yeah. No, that's a, I had to think about that one. I think, honestly, shortly after going freelance, I had, uh, I had done kind of what I could on the front end to prepare for that well. But... Um, like, so I had work for the first couple months of being freelance full time and then about a month and a half where I just didn't really have anything. 
And so I was sort of questioning my whole life. <laughs> what am I <laughs> it's doing? Usually what happens if, and, yeah. yeah like, Been there before. Is this oh, yeah. the right thing? I wasn't planning on doing this a couple of years ago. I never did this. <laughs> I was never like, you know, I didn't dream of being an artist as a kid. And that was shortly around, it was around then that I, I connected with Jorge and, and things kind of started moving forward. But um, eventually I got a little bit of work and I just said yes to way too many things out of an insecurity of just, you know, like it, it's a roller coaster being freelance. You get being really busy for a couple of weeks or a month doesn't guarantee that you're going to be busy six months out and sort of being new to that. I was way overworking myself. I was working like 8 a.m. until 2 or 3 in the morning and then rinse and repeat for a couple of weeks. And I just taken on too many projects and was also questioning what I was doing with my life. <laughs> you probably want to go back in ministry, right? After, I mean, you went yeah. for like, so you probably consider, like, should I just change my career? <laughs> should I just ditch this whole thing and move overseas uh, or something? Um, oh, I can't relate to that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that was that was hard. And I think, you know, I... I didn't set out into motion design expecting to be good <laughs> or really wanting to be playing at the the level I'm playing. Obviously, I, you know, I, I'm glad to be where I'm at. I'm really thankful for the people who've helped me get here, you know, the, the team at Open Book that I learned so much from, and Jorge for giving me the opportunity to join join his studio. Um, but yeah, so I think there was just a lot of like dealing with the insecurity or the imposter syndrome of like, I don't, I feel like I don't really know what I'm doing, <laughs> um, but I'm doing it and I have to, I have to do this to eat. And so I think July, like August, early August last year was, you know, shortly after going freelance, it's just like, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know how to handle like all of a sudden having too much work and I'm saying yes to too many things and I'm not sleeping. <laughs> What so advice would you give to someone yeah. who, who is considering doing freelance? Yeah, I think definitely try and try and prepare, you know, have some savings, try and line up work. And I, I think at some point it's going to feel like a jump, but try and like ramp into it as much as you can just do the best work you can in whatever situation you're in. I feel like, you know, there's nothing like having a good portfolio to attract work be the best person you can be to work with, like be, be kind and be receptive to feedback. You know, don't be a jerk when someone tells you that they want something changed. Um, I definitely struggle, struggle with that. I think I know better than everybody sometimes. Um, yeah. And, and I think like, just, just say no to things that that's a tough, one. if it's too much, it's really tough. tough. And I feel like I, especially freelancing when, when you don't know when your next project's going to come from. Exactly. It's, it's really hard to say no. And I definitely have the propensity to say yes to too many things, but, um, and, uh, you know, I want to admit too that like at this point in my career, I, I, it's, it's easy to say no to things because I have a full-time job and, you know, I can basically just say no to whatever I want and not everyone is in that position. But I think I wish that I would have said no on the basis of like my own personal health more <laughs> and, you know, put like my own well-being above, uh, just like the financial, Ooh, another another day rate, another paycheck. <laughs> you know, that's why Sergey and I, my twin brother and I, we we decided to invest in ourselves first. So first thing in the morning, we go to the gym. That's like non-negotiable. You know, you got to invest yeah. in you. And, and I think that's something that, especially freelancing, you try to like get to work as quickly as possible, get ahead. 
but you got to learn to balance. And uh, oh, man, that's a whole topic for another conversation. <laughs> you can go yeah, so man. deep into Self, this. Self care is important. <laughs> It's very important, yeah. especially for those that stare at the computer all day long. Oh my right? gosh! Now yeah. let's let's shift gears and talk about something positive, man. I want you to yeah. tell us the story of your best moment in your creative journey, man. Love to hear. It's that. hard. It's hard to pick. I feel like I've had a lot of. Um, I mean, I've gotten to work with a lot of clients that I like. I'm really I'm passionate about what they're doing, not just like oh, it's a cool project. But um, at Open Book, we got to look, work with a a lot of nonprofits, a lot of causes, and like organizations and missions that I was really excited about. And so there's a lot of highlights there working on a video for a church in New York city, an organization they have called New York project. I saw that um, one. It was really cool. Well yeah. Done. Thanks. And that was, yeah, just like a huge privilege to be a part of what they're doing. That video played on like Ellis Island, <laughs> just like <some laughs> kind of fun stuff, but like more than that, just the, the, the heart behind what they're doing. That, so that project specifically was, was definitely a highlight. I think recently at, at Ordinary Folk, we just finished um, uh, a lot of it's like under NDA, but we d- we're doing a lot of visuals for a big tech conference. And um, it was just like one of the more intense projects I think I've ever been on in terms of the hours we were working and the amount of like the sheer amount of stuff that we had to ship. But man, I don't think I've like ever felt more grateful to be like on a team with people and just seeing the character of the people that I, I get to work with, like Jorge was just outstanding in terms of communicating with us and making sure that we were like doing okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I think something I've learned is like whatever stress you feel, the person who's responsible for you probably feels it a little bit more. <laughs> um, That's true. And, you know, being in a position where I, I get to lead others a little bit, I, I've definitely seen that, but even though that was like a, a stressful project, I know the project itself was like a passion thing, but just getting to finish that and see like, man, I, like the people I work with are so awesome. They're so hardworking. They're so talented and they all have each other's backs. There's a bunch of people like working late nights and into the early mornings and on weekends, um, you know, to help the rest of the team out. And so I think that was, that was definitely a highlight, just feeling like we did, we did good work, good work in like the gratitude I felt to, to be on the team that I'm on. No, and you're, you've been blessed with a great team. You're definitely surrounded some, what's that saying? You're the average of the five people you spend most time with. You're in good <laughs> yeah. hands, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm so thankful for that. Now let's uh, transition to a and a round. Now I have yeah. a total, I believe like six questions for you. First one is what should artists, especially students be doing constantly, whether it's on a daily basis or just as much yeah. as possible? I I say make stuff that means stuff. I think there's definitely like a consumer culture of oh gosh, like what how did what software did you make that in? What you know, what effect did you use, what expression did you use? And nothing against that, but I think at least being in the position I am now, the the people that I want to hire as freelancers to work on projects I'm running are people who get conceptual thinking and you know aren't just looking to be told what to do, but can say, you know, well, hearing what you told me about the project, it seems like we're trying to do this. And I know you kind of suggested this, but I wonder if this might be a better way to animate it or might be a better approach. Or, um, and I think that the way you, you build that muscle is by like having an idea and then trying to communicate that idea. So not just like, oh, I recreated a planet from Star Trek with a plugin, but I wanted to make something that felt stressful. And so 
like how can I communicate that with how I'm keyframing or how could I bring expressions in or like having an idea and then building the rest of that, like your project or whatever around the idea and not the software and not the expression, not, you know, anything else. So yeah, like make, making a practice of having an idea and building a project or like a shot around an idea, not just like, oh, it looks cool or I use this effect I've never used or yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I like on teams I've made something and I feel like, oh, this is super cool. And then someone would be like, yeah, this doesn't really mean anything. And I'm like, yeah, but did you see it? <laughs> uh, so yeah, make stuff that means stuff. Sounds good, man. Now, another one, if you could give one piece of advice to aspiring designers, animators, what would it be? Work around people who have taste that, um, or like exhibit the taste that you want to have in your work. I think one of the, the things I'm most grateful for in my career is my time at Open Book, Sharon and Jeremy and, and Katie and some of the people I worked with there. They just had really incredible taste in design and could think in terms of story and concept and, and feeling and sort of like rhythm in, in pieces. And they just sort of had like a different perspective than I did, like not being animators. And, and so I think that, um, you know, just remembering that a lot of the work that we do isn't targeted towards other animators. <laughs> um, it's important to have people around you who are going to react in a way that you might not. And that can be hard and there can certainly be, you know, tension and artist subjective. But um, I think just finding a place to work or people around you who are going to push your tastes and push your creative thinking, not just in terms of, oh, you can like animate, you know how to use a curve editor better, but people who will help you just become a better creative person. And I think that involves people from different backgrounds and different disciplines. Well said. Now for this next question, I think I, I think I know your answer for this one, but I'm <laughs> curious to see what it'd be. Now, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Let's see if I yeah, guess. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, there's like, there's a couple things that came to mind to me for this. One was some sort of, you know, ministry or, or like pastoral counseling or That's just something where you say. get to kind of like, yeah, sit with people and kind of just listen and uh, help them kind of think about another goals or what they're going through and like help them get on the right path. And I think, like I mentioned, there's a little bit of that I get, I feel like I get to do with working directly with clients and, you know, they have a goal and they maybe don't know how to figure it out or they want to communicate something and they're asking for guidance about, do we do 2D or 3D or, you know, sell or, or whatever. Other than that though, I've, I've been interested in like Bible translation in other parts oh, of the world. Wow. I have a couple language minors. So how many languages do you speak? Uh, I'm fluent in Spanish and I studied, I have a minor in ancient Greek. <laughs> so. Wow. No wonder you and Jorge get along so well. Wait, yeah. Jorge speaks Spanish, right? He does. Yeah. He's from Bolivia. There you go. Um, well, he spent some time in Mexico and that's where I learned Spanish. So it's, uh, yeah, we, we have similar like vocab, I guess. You guys um, are like brothers. Just looking at your work <laughs> and it's just kind of like, you know, when it, I just see kind of like the similarities and certain things like both of you guys work. It's uh, it's kind of cool. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. when I was learning, I was watching his stuff all the time and ripping it off sometimes. And so definitely. <laughs> no, but it has like this style yeah. that's, uh, you know, it's kind of like me and my twin brother. I have an identical twin brother and uh, like we have similar styles because we're around each other so much. Yeah, uh, certainly totally. do things and uh, but anyway, but when you're around somebody so much, you kind of pick up their qualities and yeah. they pick up your qualities, you know. Yeah. So you kind of both share. So that's pretty sweet, man. 
Yeah. I think the other profession that I was interested in at points was being a musician. I play like guitar in jazz band in high school and was in like a band. We recorded an album in college and yeah, there's, I love, I love music, like the collaborative nature of writing with people and I play on worship team at my church and they're just something similarly creative about like similar to motion design when you're working on a team, like getting to kind of like put your heads together and everyone's got a different piece of the pie and so that could, that could maybe be fun too. You're well-rounded, man. It sounds like you speak another language, you play another <laughs> instrument, you do all these different things. And man, that's that's awesome. I mean, if you think about it, it's all about different experiences because it all it opens yeah. up your world to so many different things. I like, how, I think it was Casey Nice that I wrote out of all people. I think he said that he wants to spoil his kids with experience instead of yeah. things. And that's something totally. that I apply to my kids' life as well. You know, instead of buying a thing, just different experience and playing an instrument, going to another country, learning another language. Yeah. Like I'm learning coding right now, like JavaScript and all this stuff just for the fun of it. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Well, I just think like it's so important to keep pushing for your world to get bigger. Like I love traveling and I love, you know, I went to China a couple years ago and it was just such a challenging, like if I get lost, I don't, I don't speak. I can't read this language. I can't speak this language. I've never been (laughs) a, a white man. I've never been a minority before. And where we were, it was like I stood out in the crowd. And I think just having experiences like that where you're exposed to different cultures and whether it's artistic or just, you know, like being in a different place, I think is uh, just really creatively enriching. No, definitely. Now share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. (sighs) I think, honestly, I think that being a musician has helped me a lot in terms of not so much like the detail work of animation, but making coherent pieces that have like rhythm and flow and timing. I think that's a really, that's something I've never known how to teach or impart to other people. Just like the instinct for this should be on screen for this long. Um, for me, it's just like, oh, it feels right. <laughs> um, and so it, it's a hard kind of abstract thing to try and uh, like explain to someone else. But I think, you know, spending a lot of time playing music, a lot of time listening to music, all those, you know, three minute song is like, there's moments of like higher energy and lower energy and like tension and things coming back together and instruments or elements coming in and out. And I think putting together a a coherent motion design piece, there's a lot of similarities there. Like one of my friends, Jordan Bergeron, who's just like stupidly good at <laughs> illustrating and animating, like he's a musician. And so when I watch his work, I can definitely kind of feel like, yeah, like there, there's a flow to this beyond just shapes moving around or, or people walking around or, you know, whatever it is. There's like a, this thing has like a, I guess like a flow. I don't really know how else to describe it, but Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You're talking about music. I interviewed the, uh, his name is John Bramlett. This guy was a blind painter. Dude paints Hmm. uh, beautiful pictures. Anyway, a talented, talented guy. And he told me that when he listens to music, he sees color. And and actually for the Brazilian, uh, what's the uh, Rio de Janeiro? I forget the the festival once a year. I forget what it was called, but it's like the Mm -hmm. biggest festival in the world. They asked him to do this painting that went like on this big plane that, you know, anyway, it was wrapped on the plane. And uh, that's what he did. He listened to all the tracks of, of musicians that were going to perform at that festival. And he mm-hmm. painted this thing based on the music that he listens to. So anyway, I thought it was cool that even in music, there's uh, there's color and all these uh, yeah, different things, yeah, motion, totally. for sure. It's like the other habit is 
sometimes this works against me, but just being like very perfectionistic, like sometimes <laughs> I end up spending way too much time on a shot, but I think sometimes like the taking something from 90% down to a hundred percent isn't like 10% of the work, it's 90% of the work. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, we all see things that are like designed well, but it just doesn't feel like, I don't know, top notch. <laughs> um, and so I think like having that kind of habit, uh, again, sometimes it's like, I just need to learn when to move on to the next thing or step away from the computer. There's definitely like thorns in the flesh that come along with that. But, um, <laughs> I'm still learning that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's but yeah, I think one. just like having the drive to, to make something good has, has helped me a lot. Awesome. And uh, for uh, the last question, recommend an internet resource that you find helpful in your work or personal life. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like wine after coffee, motionographer, those are sites that I used to spend a lot of time on when I was just getting in. I think because they're good because they help you develop good taste. I mean, those sites are curated by some of the best people in the industry. And so you're kind of learning, you can sort of look at the things that they choose to post on there and think, okay, what is it about this that makes it, you know, kind of like up to par for this site versus maybe other things I've seen, whether that's like a technical standpoint or, you know, this just feels nice or looks nice. Um, so I think those are good. And then like, you know, school of motion, you know, stuff like what you guys are doing anywhere that you can get just like fed creatively or learn like tidbits, of, you know, like little, little treats of knowledge that can help you in your work. And, you know, honestly, even like Pinterest, <laughs> like a I lot of times Pinterest, when I'm, yeah. yeah. Right. Like when you're starting out a project, just like searching the word beauty or, you know, <laughs> Get some whatever. Going, and yeah. yeah. You know, just like something where you can start anything to channeling start, yeah. that creative muscle into like a specific thing. But sometimes I think like it's really inspiring to get out away from the computer and be outside and kind of use a different part. There's this whole book like philosophy called Deep Work. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but no, I've never heard of it. It's really interesting. It was written by a computer programmer, but he talks about how um, they did some. There was like some test. I'll totally butcher it, but what I remember is that they had like some control group go for a walk outside after being presented with some information and then come back and make a decision. And between the people who went outside and took like an hour break where they just weren't thinking about it at all, like they pretty much a hundred percent of the time made better decisions about whatever it was versus people who just kind of like stuck it out and stayed there and had to make a decision on the spot. So I think sometimes just like stepping away from a problem and enjoying nature or, you know, getting outside and just not using that same part of your brain can, um, can help a lot too. You know, interesting. You say that a couple of days ago, I turned 32 and we went uh, to, um, a botanical garden here in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's like at UNC Charlotte, this big campus and they had like an Asian garden and they had anyway. And, uh, I was walking through there with my wife and my kids it was so therapeutic. I had so many ideas, solutions, right? just like yeah. pour in. And it was beautiful. It was sunny. So I'm going to schedule more walks now since you brought yeah. that up. Man, it's like, I mean, our, our brains only have so much capacity for work. And, you know, I think like re having a rhythm of rest and, you know, like Sabbath or whatever you want to call it, like it's really, really important. 
and I'm like I'm preaching to the choir there because I tend. I, to, I mean, I'm the same way, but it's definitely it's something topic. we all know. But it's uh, <laughs> it's hard to stop working. So, but especially for freelancers, yeah. people that feel like when they're not working, they're not making money. Which some of it, you know, it's true. But at the same time, you got to learn to to be at peace when work is not coming to kind of enjoy that oh, time totally. because there'll be a wave of work where you you wished you were you know taking time off and enjoying it yeah yeah i mean it was like just last week i was trying to animate something without using keyframes so it's like this little like 3d tunnel looking thing and i, I wanted to do it just with uh like just expressions no like no effects no plugins no keyframes and i just couldn't get it to loop and i knew i'd done all the math right it was like four in the morning. <laughs> Jeez. Like, I'm so upset. I can't figure this out. And then it was like I had set the layers to delay by delay by an odd number of frames. So I, I changed like a number from five to four and then it was perfect. And I was like, I really should have just gone to bed like five hours ago. <laughs> then, but I was trying to get all these crazy things. And, oh, late yeah, nights. Those so are never fun. But hey, you had your breakthrough. Imagine going to sleep not not yeah. having that breakthrough. You I wouldn't have been able sleep. to. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, Greg, yeah. thank you so much for your time. I want one last question, man. How can people get in touch with you? Oh, yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter. J is in John, D is in David, G is in Greg Stewart, JDG Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Or you can email me at greg at ordinaryfolk.co. I'm always happy to hear from people. I don't always, I'm not the best at responding to emails sometimes, but something I'm I need to get better at that myself yeah yeah <laughs> um also I should say I'm talking a little bit like Joe Bluth right now I just had a, like one of my front teeth pulled yesterday so there's all sorts of like, oh, air going through the front of my mouth <laughs> like I didn't I notice said, anything weird, man but, okay good yeah I've had a little bit of a list oh, dental work <laughs> is never fun Dude, I come from Ukraine my uh let's just say my dentist knows me very well because <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm a frequent flyer I mean I, yeah uh, that's a that's a conversation for another day, but it's, yeah, it's a painful yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Greg, thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your journey with us, man. Yeah, dude, thanks so much for having me on. All right, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Greg Stewart. Make sure to check out Greg's work at jdgstewart.co. Again, it's jdgstewart.co. And as always, all the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at euchromedia.com slash 65. And make sure to check out actionvfx.com. Remember, they have your assets covered. Available in 4K, 100% royalty-free. Download their 250-plus visual VFX elements and check out their tutorials and blogs go to actionvfx.com again go to actionvfx.com and lastly don't forget to join our online mentoring group on facebook simply go to ukramedia.com community we have well over 3,000 people in this group it is a great online resource for those who are trying to grow and it's absolutely free thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast i appreciate you and i look forward to serving you in the next episode of the ukramedia podcast Bye-bye.